$2 late fee, you have one new message. Hi, this is China O'Brien. Uh, hey, Zach and Dustin, you know, I, I'm here at the gym and there's some pretty big guys here and they're trying to fight me with these like 500 pound weights and uh, I need a little help and I know you guys are really big and strong and, and into that. So could you, could you meet me at uh, Gold's Gym in like 10 minutes? Before there was IMDB.com, there was Zach and Dustin. You know those guys who think they know everything about a movie without having to go on the internet to look it up? Well, that's us, but maybe only for the years 1981 through mid-1989. No, I'd say late 1978 through early 1992. <laughs> Either way, we know movies. And even more specifically, we know soundtracks from those movies. Yeah, this is $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. This is the podcast where we pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it still holds up today. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Thanks for listening. On to the show. I don't know what it is, man. I just, I like, am just something in the middle of every night, like wakes me up and I just go like, blink, blink. And then I'm just like awake. 4.35 and I'm just awake. I'm trying to get to the bottom of it. Can't figure it out. Maybe today's guest can help us get to the bottom of it. Yeah, I'm sure Cynthia would have some good advice on, she might say, go, go plan a trip to go scuba diving. But you know what? I, what I'm what I'm posing here is 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 not possible because we we already interviewed Cynthia, so it's not like we're going into a live interview with her. I can't ask her this question, but if she's listening to it now, Cynthia, if you're listening, and you have any cures for insomnia, I, w- I would I would welcome it. I'm sure she does. In fact, I have a feeling we're going to have her back on the show. Oh, you do? I do. We're going to have her back on the show because she had such a great time on our show, and so did we. She was, I think, I'm misquoting here, but you get the general sense. She said, this was not the interview I expected. And I, as along with you, wear that as a badge of honor to be an unexpected gift to listeners, to guests, to people that we come in contact with. Unexpected. I thought it was going to go one way. It went the other. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Cynthia, she talked about her career. She talked about a lot of the things she does now, but also we asked her some things that probably she doesn't typically get asked on other podcasts or interviews and such. Yeah, for sure. I like that you said, like, you weren't like, oh, I'm going to paraphrase here. You're like, I'm going to misquote her, (laughs) which has so many funny connotations to it. I'd rather misquote and be just like, be honest with a bit. You know, you didn't say that. (laughs) She basically said that, right? She did basically say, you know, we're we're both Cynthia fans. That's not a secret. I've loved her since Chen O'Brien came across my VHS radar. Chen O'Brien's always been my jam, but there's uh, obviously her her filmography is incredibly extensive. Her first film we talk about, I think, is Yes, Madam. Yep. You know, the reason that Cynthia is on the show today is because 
of the connection to New York Ninja because she dubs one of the main characters, the detective in New York Ninja. You should definitely go back and listen to Zach's interview with Voyager 3, if you haven't, um, to get a little background on the movie and the soundtrack. It's a great listen. Give it a give it an 11 on a scale of 1 to 10. And if you haven't seen New York Ninja at this point by Vinegar Syndrome, definitely go and seek it out. It's it's worth watching. It's worth owning. Uh, it's it's a great time. Cynthia, in no way, shape, or form, is a representation of the person that she voices in that movie because that person has zero fighting skills. And Cynthia is a phenomenon. She got dubbed the queen of martial arts, uh, and she talks about that in the interview. But that is not an understatement. She is uh, a legend and an icon and a role model. Uh, and somebody who is pretty freaking cool just in general. She's, you know, just having her on the show and getting to meet her uh, was a pleasure. And I think that'll come across in the interview. I do want to say, cheap plug, uh, we did a $2 six questions with Cynthia that will be upcoming on our Patreon. You don't want to miss it. It's really entertaining. I think that was probably the moment when Cynthia's like, this is actually way more fun than I expected because we were asking her questions that she was digging deep on and uh, and some are cringeworthy because they just are and some are just heartfelt and uh, genuine. So definitely check out our Patreon page for that segment. It's worth the price of admission. Well, yeah, and, and included in that price of admission, uh, well, the, the $15 tier is the ability to ask those questions to our guests like Cynthia. Um, you know, occasionally we'll ask, we'll ask some ones that come up in our mind that we think might be fun, but really uh, that is for you, the audience. That is, your, that is your time to get your questions in so we can ask them on your behalf. Yeah, uh, but but Cynthia was a pleasure, and I think that's going to come across very quickly when you listen to this interview. Just to your point about you know her being kind of this you know she broke the glass ceiling when it came when it comes to female martial artists, American uh, female martial artists especially, and it wasn't really until this interview was over that I was like man, she, like, the weight of who this person is, is is really amazing. So, you know, just, just really cool to have her on. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt, my man. No doubt, my man. High five. Up high. Too slow. Down low. What? Okay. No doubt. No doubt. Cub Scout. Enjoy Cynthia Rothrock. Cynthia Rothrock, legendary Cynthia Rothrock, thank you so much for being on $2 Late Fee. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, we were at the Arrow Theater for the premiere of New York Ninja and uh, the bonkers <laughs> martial arts craziness film. Yeah, it, it was crazy. You know, um, when they first contacted me to do it, I thought, oh, my God, how bizarre is that, that they have to actually look at the film and try to put the dialogue together. But 
when I saw the movie, it came out so much better than I thought. It was so funny, you know, which I don't think it was meant to be a comedy. John Liu, I think he was trying to do a serious film, but you know, with the, with all the dialogue dubbed over it and the words they put in, it was it was actually uh, really really fun. I think it's going to be one of those cult films that people are really going to love. Oh, no doubt. For those that might not know, so this was a film that was shot in in 1984 by John Liu. And many circumstances led to this. Uh, the audio was lost. The script was lost. Everything connected to knowing what the story could be was lost other than the print of the film. And then Vinegar Syndrome said, we can make this a movie, we think. And um, of course, John Liu, the director's star, is now hiding. hiding. It sounded like he was hiding out. I don't know. That, that was, that was the, like, it, it sounded kind of suspicious to me. But anyway, he's in Vietnam in a shack with no electricity and no email and didn't want to be involved in the movie that was going to be his United States uh, American martial arts debut. And they were like, we can, we can replace the sound, we can redub it. And uh, Cynthia, you are the role of the, of, of the detective. Yeah. <laughs> I know my first thought was, I hope people aren't going to think that's us doing the fighting. Back in <laughs> I was like, okay, good. No, no, they really emphasized that we just did the voiceover. But what was crazy about it too, is that I didn't know, is I thought they saw, they had a fully edited film, but they had so many different uh, cans of film. They had to put the sequence together and uh, it was just bizarre. Like all of a sudden there he is on roller skates and you're like, why is he on roller skates? Well, they probably didn't have that. <laughs> reason why in the footage you know but very very campy very fun i said to a friend of mine he's like tell me a little bit about new york ninja spoil away and i said there's a ninja on roller skates he's like that's all you need to tell me that's all you needed to tell me i'm dead <laughs> yeah and i love like every time he popped up he was like doing the ninja like looking around. you know that's that's the funny thing i remember when I, I was in england and i never forgot about it i had a bodyguard they gave me a bodyguard for this event and someone knocked on the door and the bodyguard went like that to the door. And I was like cracked up laughing. And that's kind of what it reminded me about. Like every time we saw him, he was like, you know, doing his ninja stuff. It was very funny. Dustin and I are obviously huge fans of, of the martial arts genre and ninja movies, martial art movies, the good, the bad, everything else in between. And yeah, we're watching it and the same thing. We're looking at each other. I'm like, wow, this this is this is probably if trauma made a movie, a martial arts movie, this would be it. And then if we find out that trauma turned down <laughs> making this movie. So that says a lot. I know. And, and how about um, what was his name that did the voiceover for, that did all the trauma pictures? He did. He did. Um, he did the guy that that like had the acid face and stuff. He did that. Voiceover. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Matthew Berryman. Michael Berryman. Michael yes. Berryman. Yes. Yeah. Wasn't he a trauma? Matthew Berry. Michael Berryman. Yeah. 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 I think he was. I think he, uh, yeah, I think Michael Berryman, well, I mean, he's, he's a cult movie kind of, you know, yeah. legend in, in its yeah, own way. Yeah, so that so, was uh, great. I didn't know that was his voice until the end, and I was like, oh, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I will say the 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 detective that you uh, did the voice for, yeah, her, her martial arts were definitely uh, a step below what yours would be. Uh, maybe about a hundred steps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. She probably was just like an actor that they said, I'll oh, throw some of these kicks, you know? And I was like, trying my best to make them look better just by sound. You know, I was like, oh, maybe people will listen to the sound and not really look at the foot. Right. <laughs> well, you know, on our, on our show, we've had, um, we've had Richard Norton, uh, fun fact, he actually 
stayed, he and his wife, Judy, uh, stayed at my house for six days when they were, and when he was on his way to film Suicide Squad 2, um, about it, what, two years ago now? It turned out Dustin and I yeah. interviewed him. He was in town. Uh, their Airbnb fell through. And then I'm like, well, you can stay with us. And my wife's like, do you know them? And I said, <laughs> I mean, not really, but I think it'll be okay. And then- But I do have happened. Richard's picture on my wall framed- <laughs> not awkward at all. yeah that was not awkward at all actually Richard's like oh that was a good that's a good picture of me um <laughs> but then we had uh Kurt McKinney on as well to talk about no retreat no surrender and he talked about his movie he made with you as well um, yeah so so finally like Dustin and I have been talking about wanting to have you on the show and 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 you know is it ever going to happen and just so having you here it, it's really remarkable because you are in our opinion like the 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 penultimate the top when it comes to uh the martial arts genre oh thank you i imagine i imagine you, you probably <laughs> get that a lot being that you kind of literally are like the 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 queen of martial arts um can you talk about just a, a little bit about kind of your um transcendence through hong kong and um and kind of what what ultimately led you to um well, ultimately, what led you there, but then ultimately, what led you to to making all those movies with Richard and and the, and these partnerships and these relationships that you've had for years and years across many many movies? Yeah, well, I was uh, competing professionally, and I had a goal that I wanted to be number one five years undefeated. And this is like competing in over a hundred times, right? So uh, I was coming up to my fifth year, as on my fourth year, and I knew I wanted to retire because I wanted to go out. Number one, I didn't think anyone would ever be able to break that record. Uh, and during that time, uh, Corey Yoon was in uh, L.A. with um, for MC Yoon, and they were looking for a guy. They were looking to make uh, the next Bruce Lee, and they called the West Coast Demonstration Team. That was who I was on, and they said, "Bring your guys because they're all really good, and you know maybe one of them will get cast." And he said, what about the girls? And I said, oh, yeah, you can bring the girls, but I'm really looking for a guy. <laughs> we all went down to L.A. And Corey Yoon is there with some other people. And uh, I had to do some self-defense, some fighting, some forms, some weapons. And Corey Yoon said, I'm going to go with the girl. Uh, so that's how it went. And uh, that was my fifth year when I was competing. And I'm in Hong Kong and I'm going, oh, my God. My whole goal in professional competition was to go five years undefeated. So I went over to do the movie. I thought it was just going to be a one-time thing. You know, I was all excited saying, hey, I'm going to have my picture on a movie poster and this is going to be so exciting, but yeah. I have to compete in five more tournaments. So I was going back and forth from Hong Kong to Minneapolis, compete, go back to the set. And uh, the first movie um, that we did, Yes, Madam, took uh, eight and a half months, which they screened, you know, at the... Yeah. Uh, the Beyond Fest. And uh, it was such a big success that right away, uh, I got an offer to do Shanghai Express with Sam Hung. So now I'm like going, oh, okay. I, I competed. <laughs> I was number one for five years and I didn't have to worry about that. And then it was like, well, what am I going to do now? Because, you know, my life was competition and teaching in the studio. So my second movie, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to do movies because now it's not a fluke. I'm not just going to do one. And then I got offers like from all the Hong Kong companies to do like a three picture deal. So I ended up uh, signing with Golden Harvest and um, did the three pictures, did Writing Wrongs and did China O'Brien one and two. And uh, from that point on, uh, I just kept getting offers to do movies. So that became, you know, my, my new career. So everything just kind of fell right in place for me. I will say too, uh, you, you mentioned China O'Brien 
and Dustin, that is a personal favorite of Dustin's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are certain places in this world where a pretty girl should never walk alone. Unless her name is China O'Brien. There are some places in this world. I can't see you back there. Where a pretty girl should never walk alone. But I can feel you. Unless her name is China O'Brien. She's one of them chop suey fighters. Once, she was a big city cop. Reconsider. Now, she's on her own. Heading for the most dangerous place of all. The place she once called home. China! Dad! Some changes around town since you've gone, China. I'll never touch a gun again. Where she learned to love. Where she learned to fight. Where she watched them. Kill her father. Now, she means to clean up his town. In her own way. With a little help from her friends. She's out to stop crime. Cold. And teach the killers a lesson. They'll never forget. She's one girl who fights. As good as she looks. Cynthia Rothrock is China O'Brien. Yeah, that was so crazy for Richard Norton and I because we did we had two scripts at one time, right? And I'm coming from Hong Kong, uh, just doing a couple movies, and I really don't know anything about the American film business because in Hong Kong it's a complete different animal. You know, there's no script, yeah. there's no sound, and now I have two scripts, and um, I didn't even know how to study a script because they would give us the lines right before we shot Hong Kong, and I remember we'd be on the <laughs> set, and uh, Robert Klaus, who directed Enter the Dragon, would say, "Hey." we're in the office, let's do the scene from script two. And we're like, but we didn't even look at script two yet. He goes, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. So it was like, oh my God, we, when Richard and I like went to the screening, we were looking at the acting and going, oh my God, you know, but uh, you know, one of the things I wanna do is I really wanna do the remake, not the remake, but a continuation of China O'Brien, but we're having a hard time trying to uh, secure the rights for that film. Oh, that's gotta happen. Then that has yeah. to happen. I mean. Exactly. You know, now you can, it could be more like gritty, you know, darker and, you know, more modern day. Oh, but, so uh, I have a director that wants to direct it, but he looked and he could, he could not, uh, <laughs> he can't get the rights to it. So. Are, are, are they just sitting on the rights and just kind of like, they just don't want to. Yeah. I don't know what it is. You know what it is. Someone told me is that, yeah, they don't want to give, they don't want to give it up because they would say, what if it makes a big hit, but they don't want to do anything about it. So they just like sit on it in their library. Know. Yeah. It's horrible. No. You can't do that. Yes, Scott Adams told me he would be in it if I did it. Yeah, I said, I mean, okay, I'm holding you to it. <laughs> come on, you guys are. The, the, I, we when we had Richard on the show, we were saying how you know with the resurgence of like Cobra Kai and Karate Kid and that whole franchise getting a reboot and and this this the generation that's making movies now are a generation of kids from the 80s, right? 80s and early 90s. So now the nostalgia love is truly from 80s and 90s stuff. It's not the 60s and 70s anymore. And, and when in the 80s, it was all about the 50s, right? It was everybody wearing, you know, like Grease and, uh, you know, wearing like the 50s outfits and the 50s music and Elvis and all this stuff. 
now it's like prime time. I, I have a I have a son who's who's seven and he loves everything about the eighties, probably because of me. I mean, I'm putting the probably no, he just he just stumbled upon it without you. It's amazing. Yeah, he just picked he up a book one day and he's loves like, What is this? Many seven year olds just uh no. <laughs> oh, well, well, yeah, my, his- my daughter never did any music I liked, any the clothing, anything. No, even today she's still not not into it. If I, yeah, totally mm-hmm. different. But uh I would put on like 80 music or something like that. She'd go, Oh, take that off. Yeah. Uh, yeah i know that's the bummer yeah i I mean i keep thinking when's that day gonna come where he just suddenly he's not my best buddy anymore quote unquote you know oh yeah that's a sad day but then again they become your best buddy again after many years (laughs) yeah my wife my wife is like uh she says i don't know if you've seen the movie i love you man but she's like you're like the dad and the son and I love you, man, where they, they, you know, they're best, but they're bros for life. And I'm like, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> well, I think boys are a little easier than girls. <laughs> that's what I've been told. Yeah. That's what I've been told. <laughs> yeah, me too. I have one girl. <laughs> but I will say, you know, the, the, this resurgence right now, it, it is like prime time. I, you know, you're not going yep. to beat a dead fish, but, or a horse or whatever, but uh, we just hope it gets made whatever that expression is. (laughs) Yeah, I know me too, because I think, you know, I think that film was so popular back in that day. I remember it was like number one in the video market that, uh, uh, you know, that it was in Time Magazine. And I remember the producer that did it uh, was from, uh, or not the producer, the guy that bought the rights for England when I was over in England and they introduced me as this is the person that made you really rich because I remember it was like number two under Rain Man. So for just wow. a funny <laughs> little movie, you know, like that to create like such a worldwide uh, love, I think it, it would just be awesome to redo it again or not redo yeah, it, but, you know, continue yeah, it. Reimagine it. Yeah. yeah. What is it? How many years? I love later? It. 30. I like what you said. I, I like the continuation of versus a reboot, because I think, right. um, you know, I, I think that is one of the draws for what is what is coming back right now is is seeing the actors from the film, the original film and just continuing the story versus remaking it, which is, I think, kind of a, a negative word for many people. The name two dollar late fee comes from video store, you know, jargon. Because Dustin and I both worked at video stores in the 80s and early 90s. And so, or, sorry, early 90s, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, so you were, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say your films are a mainstay or a staple um, to the point where I worked at Tower Records. And I remember doing like, you know, what, what, what was going to rent or what was going to sell? I'm like, no, we got to do like a martial arts thing and, and, and put up a whole end cap of like, you know, the, the China O'Brien and, and Rage and Honor. And they're like, what's Rage and Honor? I'm like, you haven't seen Rage and Honor? Come on now. This is good stuff. Come on, guys. It's great. Yeah, because <laughs> puberty had not hit yet for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but you're talking Something about- really funny about a, about a small voice saying Rage and Honor. That's that, that was just all I was saying. Like, you haven't heard about Rage and Honor? Come on, guys. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking of something. It's totally off topic, but- but, you know, we are still in the midst of a pandemic, still in the midst of battling COVID. Um, but I've noticed via like your social media pages, you travel a lot, right? And yeah. was that hard? And this is a really rough segue, but was that hard when you, when the, when COVID first hit, was that hard for you to like be stationary and not go anywhere? Yeah, it, it was because I didn't travel for a while. I think I stayed home for 
probably a good uh, three months, which sounds like a short little time. But for me, as I was rarely home for two weeks, you know, and wow. I was like, oh, what do I do? You know, so I just, uh, I kind of went crazy. I put up, bought like all this exercise equipment, you know, I got like, oh, the big ball and the shaking machine and, you know, just tried to uh, work out a lot and uh, <laughs> started watching a lot of TV, which has uh, continued today that I was never really a big TV person. Now I'm like catching up on all these uh, episodes. Uh, but it, yeah, it, it was hard, but I tried to look at it like, okay, now it's time to revamp my website, you know, work on my YouTube channel, you know, kind of do things that I really didn't have time to do before, you know, spend time with my dogs, which, you know, when this pandemic is over, my dogs are going to be freaked out because oh, yeah. <laughs> they're used to having me here. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I ended up, uh, I uh, actually started scuba diving too, because I was trying to find something I could do during the pandemic that was open. And, you know, that was just you in the ocean and like maybe two, three people. So uh, I actually kind nice. of became obsessed with scuba diving. So I'm actually going to Mexico in uh, two weeks to so I did a lot of that during the pandemic. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Now, and, and yet another thing you can add to your resume for your next movie, Scuba Diving. <laughs> that's right. I, I, maybe one day I will be in the ocean filming. <laughs> Underwater fight scenes. Yeah. Uh, was, was... Actually, I, it's funny because my, uh, my guide master found out who I was. And so he started taking all these pictures and we started doing all these poses like underwater and I was doing <laughs> underwater and they're like, what? Oh my God. It's like, it's a little harder to do it underwater than on the, on the floor. <laughs> there, there's some Jean-Claude Van Damme movie where he's underwater punching, I think. And uh, I don't know if it, I forget what movie it is, but I just know, <laughs> I remember watching that and I'm like thinking, I don't think he's making any impact on the. <laughs> yeah, it's a little hard. I remember back in the day, you know, when uh, when I was training, you know, for competition, I would do anything, any kind of training that would work. And one of the things was like water workouts, like sp sparring underwater. You know, <laughs> you try so hard against the pressure, you know, and it would it would just like boop, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Good resistance training, though. There you go. It's for resistance sure. training. For sure. <laughs> uh, the question that I had, just to back up for a second, prior to you doing Yes, Madam, had you seen a lot of a lot of Hong Kong martial arts films? Did you know what they were about and all of that? Yeah, I did because I studied Ying Jiao Pai uh, in New York City and um, I would drive almost three hours from Scranton to New York every Sunday, train with my teacher, you know, I'd get there, drive three and a half hours or three, wow. and I'd train with him for about three. And then he would take us to Chinatown uh, to have dinner and look at a movie. And that's how I became familiar with Hong Kong movies and uh, actually Jackie Chan and like watching the old movies like Snake in the Eagle's Shadow, you know, uh, the drunken, whatever it was, <laughs> Not master, Eagle, yeah. whatever his movies were, you know, and I became a, a big fan of Jackie Chan and I would go home and I would uh, start practicing like moves like, oh, let me take uh, this cord and use it as a steel whip, you know, like I love the fact that he would take implements from wherever his surroundings were and use them as weapons, which you possibly, and you can do that. So um, when I went to Hong Kong to do Yes, Madam, I I didn't know what I was getting into because I just had the Hong Kong movies. I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to have like black hair with braids in and I'm going to have razor blades in my braids and I'm going to be twirling my head around. And, you know, uh, I actually thought that that's what I was going to be doing a period movie. And when I got there, they said, oh, no, you're uh, Cindy from uh, England. 
and wear regular <laughs> clothes. And I was shocked. I was like, I didn't even know they did Hong Kong movies like on modern day. But so it was a big, big surprise for me. But that's what I was expecting is to, you know, do the old period Hong Kong movie. Nice. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> you kind of followed up with that when you did um, Magic Crystal in a sense. And, and, you know, you did two Hong Kong movies with Richard Norton, right? Uh, let's see, we did Shanghai Express and then uh, Magic Crystal. Yeah. What else did we do? Uh, but we've done so many together. We've done Indonesian films together. We've done American films. I think, yeah, I think we only did those two when I first met Richard on Shanghai Express. That's the first time we met. And that was a period piece, Shanghai Express sort of well yeah yeah right <laughs> we weren't period though we were like it was great we yeah. confederates <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> well i'd like oh, to think that that right? is a, over in hong kong <laughs> yeah. i like to think that that is that is a piece of history that we'll never see again but you never unfortunately know. <laughs> yeah right um, so that was the first kind of start with you and richard but was it was it always like oh we should do another movie together or was it just happenstance that you just got put in these roles together I, I think it, it just kind of happened. You know, people really liked the combination of Richard and I together. And I think um, because, well, first of all, we became more like best friends, you know, and it was always fun to do a movie with him. But our fight scenes were always so hard, you know, and tough. And it was kind of good because sometimes, you know, you're doing an action movie, especially coming from Hong Kong, you're hitting really hard. You know, and then when we came to America, they were like, you don't have to hit so hard. You don't even have to mm. touch. But we were used to wow. like poor you and saying hit harder, hit harder. And whenever we fought, we hit it. We fought really hard together, you know, and I think it came across on the screen as good fighting. So we kind of became known as the Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire of martial arts. And, and people knew that if they used Richard and I together in a movie, it was going to make money. So, uh yeah, I don't think, I think it always came to us. It wasn't something we said, hey, let's put this together and do this together. But I think like he's referred me at times, I've referred him, you know, uh, and, and hopefully we'll still do another movie together. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. China yeah. O'Brien. China O'Brien. Come on. Come on. Oh. Get on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She could be the sheriff again now. Come back to, come back to the little town. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, uh, he uh when he was here he went down to the beach he's like i'm gonna go down to the beach because we, we've got a actually when i when i logged on with you guys this morning i i'm kid you not i saw dolphins in the ocean as we're right out on my window and uh so they go he goes down to the beach and he's like i gave myself a salt uh, a sand bath and i'm like what's a sand bath he's like i scrub sand all over my body and I'm like that sand. I don't know if you want to do the the yeah. sand in California. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it won't come off because of the tar, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but you know, he was methodical about studying uh, fight scenes and, and 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 like watching clips and whatnot. And are you that same way? Do you like watch and rewatch like your own stuff or try to change it up? Or no, not at all. I'm kind of the opposite. I'll I'll watch one of my movies once and that's probably about it that I've seen it or I'll watch someone else's I know you know I never really really said oh let me study what they do you know I just kind of kept it like organic and when I got to the set just do whatever you know felt natural or what the scene called for but um you know maybe I should have but I've just you know I just never really did I'd watch him and go yeah that was that was a great fight scene or I'd look at it and go that really sucked you know I mean I'm very critical of fight scenes and mm -hmm. 
um, being a teacher, I look, I see mistakes, I see things that don't work, and that kind of ruins it for me. So I kind of shy away from that. Um, and when I do see something that's really amazing, I'm, I'm really happy and pleasantly surprised because I'm too picky when I watch fight scenes. Oh, that's interesting. Um, one of the things that Kurt McKinney had talked about um, when he was on our show, uh, having done No Retreat, No Surrender, the first one was his first movie and with Corey Yoon. And he, he talked about kind of the, that the language barrier at times would kind of get in the way of, of, of acting, where he would just kind of be waiting for the end of the line and not, you know, he, he was having a hard time kind of dialing in on his motion. Did you experience that at all? Yeah, well, you know, when I went there, it was my first movie, and uh, they tried to give me the line in Cantonese, and I'm like thinking, oh my God, I can't even say the English, I got to say it in Cantonese, right, because it was my first movie, and I remember the first time I got there, it was something like thing, and then it went on and on, and I just went thing, and I went humma, 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 I just kept saying humma, 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 and they're like, great, good, and I went, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, I said humma, 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 they said, it's okay, it doesn't matter, there's no sound. Doesn't matter. I didn't even know, that didn't matter, right, and and um, yeah, it, when I did, when actually, when I did my first uh, American movie, it was so awesome, right? Because I could hear what they're saying. I never knew oh, what anybody yeah. was saying. And that's what you would do. You would just wait until they finished. And then, oh, okay, now it's time to go. You know, it's just, yeah, you had no clue. And most of the people when I was shooting uh, didn't speak English. You know, the director, the actors, right. the producers. So I was kind of on my own and I sort of developed a, a sign language. And then when other foreign people would come over to Hong Kong to shoot movies, they would have me translate. And I had no clue what they were saying. I just kind of knew from their reactions and you know for picking up wow. this like telepathy thing of like what they were saying you know but i became a translator and didn't speak any any cantonese you're like hama 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 means i'm hungry you're like what what are you i know hama, hama, hama. <laughs> <laughs> perfect that's wild i i don't think people necessarily get that because that's got to be really challenging i mean you know you're making a movie Making a movie in general a good movie or 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 a quality film is, is always hard, I think. Uh, but but doing something where you don't understand what they're saying. Oh, so <laughs> you know, I think back to like spaghetti westerns with you know a yeah. you know, shooting in Italy or something like that. It's challenging. Yeah, like so many times, right? Like especially you mentioned Magic Crystal. I went in and I said to Wang Jing, the director, okay, what do I do? And he goes, just look up at the ceiling. And I said, well. <laughs> Well, what am I looking at? He said, doesn't matter. Just look up at the ceiling. Oh, my God. So I'm looking up at the ceiling and there's holes in the wall and I'm counting them. I have no idea what's going on. Right. Wow. I see the movie and I'm looking at us getting invaded by the aliens. I was like, oh, that might have been a little couldn't a note to tell me. Couldn't have said that. Maybe you didn't know at that point. But doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah, Whatever. Would be like, okay, just put your your badge on the desk. Why? Just put it on the desk. Okay, put it on the desk. Walk out. Then I see like I was fired. Okay, there might have been a little facial expression in that. You know that I was fired. Would have been a little good so, note to tell me. So it's so good, right, Zach? To your point, I think nobody understands this. No, nobody knows this, right? There's there's language barrier, and you haven't even been given direction beyond like two minutes prior to saying action. Like this is what's going on. Yeah. Don't worry about it. 
And you Let's know what's funny is because then we didn't dub our own voices. They had someone else from England do it. And I said to the actors, I said, well, even in the Cantonese, they said, why don't you dub your own voice? And they say, oh, because I'm just an actor. I don't have a good voice, <laughs> you know? And then someone else's voice will be better than mine. Uh-huh. I'd be like, oh, okay. And then, you know, like they'd be angry with you, but they'd be like mumbling really low. Everybody talked really low. Like, and if I was like angry, like saying, you know, I would get angry and yeah. loud and nobody Absolutely. else would. And they were just like, probably say the lines <laughs> it was it was definitely uh interesting in a good place I always said for me to learn because I could make mistakes so much and nobody even really cared really good point really good point yeah there's less pressure because you're like I'm looking at the ceiling later later you're going to find out that it's aliens invading but <laughs> yeah, I remember there was this one scene I was with Corey Yoon and I was in the car uh, with Yoon Bu and he kept telling me go closer closer you know and Yoon Kuei tried to speak some English for me then I'm going closer to the actor closer he's going closer closer is actually mean going further away and I'm like this close to the actor but I can't get any closer <laughs> I could smell what he had for breakfast <laughs> he's like no no closer yeah Why does oh, understand closer um, I was fighting with Dick Way right in Yes, Madam. And, you know, before I did that, everybody was saying how how uh, hard he hits and he hurts everybody, you know, and they were all like amping me up. So anyway, we were, he was doing this kick over my head. He was going to hit the wall and then come back and hit me. Well, Corey Yoon, his foot hit wrong. So Corey Yoon is like trying to do English and he goes, cut. Well, all right. I know cut means stop. So I'm down <laughs> below. He says, cut. I come up and Dickway hits me right in the head. Ooh. Like almost knocked me out. It was the first Good time I Lord. really like felt stars and blood was coming out of my ear. I, I thought I was dying, but yeah, that's because Corey said cut. Dickway had no clue what, what he was saying, you know? <laughs> so oh, a lot of, yeah. a lot of uh, I'm telling you, one day I got to write a book on all the, all the things that happened on filming there. Yeah. You yes. are, you gonna, you have to do that. Um, yeah. Just to have it down on print and a reflection once you get it down and it's like documented and it's forever with you, like, that's it. Yeah. You can, you can let go of, of whatever, like that story about when, maybe when he said cut, he's like, Oh, <laughs> I'm supposed to cut her now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Cut her wow. eardrum in half. Yes. Yeah, and, and they sent me to the doctors and he said, he hit me so hard. He split my internal ear open oh but it was so deep that he couldn't do anything about it so they send me back to the set with blood you know coming oh out of my ear god. and we have to fight again i'm like oh my god i can't do that move i can't do that move and Corey Yoon's going, no we got about 60 60 good takes already but then when he had to kick to my head i'd find myself going like that covering my ear you know and they go stop stop yeah. don't cover your ear oh don't hit me again <laughs> oh oh my god was this for yes madam yeah, it was in the ending ending scene and the ending fight scene. Oh my god! Oh man, I'm surprised that didn't wind up on the. You know how Jackie Chan would put his um, outtakes yeah. at the end of his movies, the end credits. Of, uh, oh yeah, well, when I was doing Yes Matter, remember this is like my first movie, and in the ending scene, I'm I'm fighting guys with a lot of swords. Right, there's like about six of them fighting me. I turned around, the guy hit me in the nose. You know, uh, my nose. Oh roll up and you know when you, you you get hit in the nose your eyes water right i'm like yeah. trying to be okay and tough but the my eyes are watering and Corey you comes over and goes oh your nose looks better now <laughs> i was like okay thanks yeah that helps <laughs> and this is your first foray like yeah you, you, you finish this and you're like i want more <laughs> 
Yeah, I did. I did, you know, because I, like I always considered myself some kind of crazy out of the box person. And even though I would get hurt, I think, oh, my God, you know, they're going to kill me on the next film. Right. Because every stunt got harder and harder and harder. And then I'd heal and I'd watch the it was the midnight show, the screening. And I go, oh, when's the next one? When's the next one? Because you're all healed and you forget about it. But during it, you know, when you're really, right. uh, you know, have so many injuries, which you do, you know, uh, you know it, it's, it's crazy, very crazy. It's, that's true. Like it happens all Hong Kong movies, not just Jackie Chan. Um, we all had crazy things like that happen and injuries and like, unbelievable in the book. Wild. That's why. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What? Well, so you, you go, you're making movies, you're, you're, you're still training and then you're opening up schools. Like, right. Well, like actually, uh, I had, when I first started, I did have, uh, uh, two schools, but then um, I eventually gave it to my partner because I was like, okay, I, there's no way I can go back and teach. And then I had a partnership in a school in Studio City, and I would teach there sometimes. But I never really like opened opened up schools or a chain of schools. I do a lot of teaching, but it's more uh, seminars at other people's schools. I would drive down Ventura and see. Right. Yeah, that's, that was my partnership school. Yeah, uh, yeah. on uh, Ventura Avenue. That's so cool. <laughs> that's not there anymore. But <laughs> I know. I mean, it's so much has changed, obviously, right? But <laughs> yeah, are you still, and you're still and you're still going around and doing seminars with with students. Yeah, yeah. I just ha- did one in Munich uh, last week. <laughs> that's fantastic. And you received an award there too, didn't you? Hmm. Yep. Yep. It was a funny, it was a very funny award. It was the all time queen of martial art movies. <laughs> it's a giant golden I dragon. I have, I have, I've gotten so many awards. They're trying to get creative and put new ones in, you know? And I was like, okay, that's kind of funny. The all time queen of martial that's art accurate, movies. Accurate award. And yeah. you're like, Hey, look guys, you want to give me some, you want to give me an award and tell me how, how awesome I am. Sure. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun though. I love, uh, I mean, that's one of the things I do is uh, I attend, I attend the award ceremonies and it's more like a special appearance. And it, it's, it's not so much to me about the award. I appreciate it. Uh, it's more about uh, congratulating other people on their achievements, what they do. And uh, you know, I've, I've made so many fans worldwide and so many friends, actually not fans, but friends that were fans that, you know, it's really awesome for me to go and see them in all these different parts of the world. So that's kind of what I really enjoy about it with the travel. That's terrific. That's awesome. You've traveled the world, not just making movies, but also just for pleasure too. So yes, (laughs) yes, I am a, a world traveler. That's for sure. Well, you said earlier, you're an out, you consider yourself an out of the box kind of person. And, and as, as someone who dominated uh, this genre as a woman, it, you know, it, that was, that, that stood out, I think for American audiences, not necessarily foreign audiences, but especially American audiences where it wasn't just like, oh, it's just, you know, there, there's the male actors and then there's the supporting female actor. No, you were leading the way, which is really fantastic. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. You know, at the time I didn't really, realize how uh, of an impact that was because you know I really wasn't that familiar with the filming I was like okay this is just how it goes but you know men and women would come up to me and say oh I saw your movie and now I'm doing martial arts because of you and women would say you know hey I'm a lawyer can you be a lawyer in your next film and one guy said you know I want to be a role model for my daughter because there's no women out there and it was really awesome you know that I saw that one of the 
biggest impacts uh, from my films are people would see me and go, oh my God, I could see that she's really doing this. You know, it's not a stunt double and, you know, she's not that big and she doesn't look like a man, you know, because at that time it was a fallacy that uh, martial arts were for men only. Really, right, women yes. didn't think they could do that. And it opened up a lot of doors for uh, people to get involved in martial arts. And that's like one of the things I really believe in is that all people should know some sort of martial arts just to in case someday you have to defend yourself. Mm. Yeah. And along the way, you just happen to break some, some glass ceilings. It's like yeah. <laughs> break a lot of things, break, a lot of things. <laughs> break some eardrums. <laughs> I think you're, uh, I think you're coming up with a title right now for your book, breaking glass ceilings and eardrums or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did, uh, did your daughter follow suit with you? Did uh, you said she did, wasn't a fan of the music you were into, but did she also not follow into the martial arts? Uh, you know what? I started her when she was young and I tried to teach her and it's very hard like at your house to teach them because they don't listen. So then I started teaching at her school so her True. I could teach her and um, then she would go and start correcting all the people and they'd be like, get away from me, get away oh from me. And I'd be like, Skylar, awesome. please don't, don't correct That's- them because you're not doing it right. <laughs> you know, but you felt like so mom, funny. mom. And then, uh, and then uh, she got into dance and she didn't want to do it. But uh, one thing that uh, she, and then, you know, we would travel, like we would go, we always did vacations together. And like, I, I think the one thing that killed it for her was we were on a, a cruise ship. We went on the Disney cruise and uh, oh. a lot of the staff was from the Philippines and the Philippines, my films were huge, oh, yeah. you know, so they would be knocking at my door for autographs <laughs> and stuff. And she was fed up with it. Uh, she said, I don't want to have anything more to do with it. But now uh, she's 22, uh, but I'm very, uh, she's very aware of uh of uh surroundings you know and knows basic self-defense and uh she actually Great. said the other day you want to take a boxing class i'm like absolutely like anything you know nice. to get her into some kind of uh training but uh i feel comfortable that she is not like a uh, a martial artist so you know physically but mentally she's she's very very uh aware i i love the idea that like mickey is asking you for your autograph you know, the princesses are all asking <laughs> oh my god like you know it's funny because my daughter used to like uh oh what were they called i can't even remember now uh the that wiggles does. right oh gosh I used to call these yeah. shows and we went to uh we went to a concert right and we got the worst seats ever and i messaged them and i said hey i said and i never say hey i'm a celebrity i'm this and that but i was like you know can i upgrade my tickets just it's my daughter's birthday and this is this and the producer was a martial artist and he gave us like uh, a meet and greet to meet them and they're like yeah we're gonna get you on the show and i was like absolutely i'll do it for free <laughs> but it's oh, that's happened. cool that's cool <laughs> oh, that's amazing yeah the wiggles are huge i'm like what is this weird boy band thing from australia that because I, I was a kindergarten teacher for 15 years and the kids were crazy about the wiggles and i'm like you know, I was the cool teacher who, who was listening to rock music all the time. And guys, let's <laughs> listen to this to get us pumped up, you know. And they're like, where's the Wiggles? I'm like, the Wiggles? Dan Zane? What is this? You know, all that. But that they're huge. I get it. I get it. With her. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, you know, when Dustin said envisioning Mickey asking for your autograph, he wouldn't talk, right? So he would just be like, I don't know what he would do. Like when I was in Hong Kong, I understood what he meant. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh, uh, Hubba hubba, mama, mama hubba, mama jama. What what was was this? Hama hama. Hama hama hama. Like okay. Uh, 
that's great. That's great though, that, that you, you allowed your daughter, not allowed your daughter, but let your daughter find her own place, her own journey, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I've tried, but I've realized very fast that if, if they don't want to do it, you know, you can't really make them because, uh, it was like, it was like, trying to get her to go to a class. And like, I know she became a dancer, but I started her in ballet when she was little. And I used to have to drag her every day. And, oh, it was, it was brutal for me. And then she says like, well, mom, why'd you let me quit? <laughs> well, you know, I see when you have a child try to drag, like drag a kid to class and they don't want to go. It's like, but uh, yeah, I, I've learned that as a parent that at, at some point you have to let them find their own way. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I gave my mom crap for that too, back in the day when I stopped doing martial arts and I'm like, why did you tell me this? Why didn't you encourage me more? She's like, cause I wanted you to do what felt right for you. Yeah. I didn't know what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was dumb. I could have been the next Richard Norton. <laughs> no, Richard Norton's going to be his own Richard Norton. Right. So, uh, <laughs> well, next time you could go do a, a, a sand bath with him. <laughs> I'm telling you sand baths. Just not in Santa Monica because there's so much tar <laughs> in the beach. So, but also, like, what's the benefit of that? Is it like kind of a grounding thing, or like, because it's not a, it can't be just like a skin exfoliation. I, th I think that's what he was doing it for. Yeah, probably. And it was hot, you know, maybe like this, the hot, if it was a hot day, the sand was hot. It but was. Yeah, yeah. It's like kind of reminds me of like, you ever like go to a beach and you, you know, you get a massage out on the beach and they have sand on their hands. Oh, mm. man, it's brutal. Oh, right. oh that's oh. the worst. That's happened to me so many times. Like, oh. <laughs> okay, that, that's a good would you rather. Would you rather have a masseuse that has sand on their hands or really bad breath? Sand on their hands. Yeah. <laughs> that's easy. Yeah, that's a simple one. <laughs> yeah. Because I've had the bad breath one. And let me tell you, that's not oh, fun. Oh, God. I, well, I took violin lessons and my teacher had, she must have ate a ton of garlic every day. And oh, I'd be like, always like going back like this. Like, oof, I stopped because I couldn't take it anymore. I really, really. <laughs> okay. So when you're making movies, have you ever had moments like that where you're like, whoof, uh, what did you, can we, can we cut for a minute and get a breath bent on this guy <laughs> closer, closer closer let's put it this way it wasn't the breath that smelled or other oh. smells that's been pretty mm. bad yeah you know and then yeah. they got, you got a fight and their armpits are all wet yeah like, oh yeah yeah that, I, yeah i don't know if you're uh if you're a, a meat eater or not I, I i'm not a vegetarian but i try to eat very minimal it just like comes out of your pores though if you're a beef eater <laughs> Brutal. sorry this i don't is, know though welcome I, to the uh weird smells podcast i do stuff. feel like i feel like vegetarianism has a lot of weird smells as well you know whether Does it's it? uh, yeah like the soy is not always digestible oh, yeah. quite right and i mean i was vegan for a summer and i can't tell you how bad i smell i've never smelled worse so i don't i don't know if i would just be like meat comes out of your pores i feel like everything comes out of your pores <laughs> garlic for sure comes out of your pores. oh yeah garlic is like really bad i used to teach a guy that ate a ton of garlic every day and it would just like reek out of his pores you know oh gotta come out somewhere yeah <laughs> it's horrible cynthia i it's it's beyond a doubt an absolute pleasure to have you on our show this has really been fantastic thank you for everything thank okay thank all right so thank you see you later bye okay, bye
Well, listen, I just wanted to say goodbye and remind you that the good guys always win, even in the 80s. All right, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four... Is it five-star rating? (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really... Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great, too. And you can find us on the internet. (laughs) Don't forget to check out our website at $2LateFee.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at $2LateFeePodcast. We'll see you next time. We did it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.